0: Man, it's just super exciting. I I'm, I'm excited to learn more about this game. You know, I don't I don't know if we did justice to this topic, but you guys just help fill in the gaps. We're man, we're learning. We're watching videos every day. I got the wiki like pulled up on my phone 24 hours
1: a day. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bad Cuz Dad's Zone of Influence, Ashes of Creation podcast. Today we're joined once again by our longtime MMO buddy, Spot and someone who needs no introduction, but will get one anyways, my unrivaled, illustrious and amazing degenerate brother-in-law, Mikey. (laughs) This is our second episode of the Zone of Influence, and we're going to discuss in the most possible noobish way our current understanding of what Vera will have to offer future players who will inhabit this ever-growing and complex world. We
0: had I mean, literally hundreds of comments from our last podcast and video we put out on the YouTube channel where we just kind of explained we're new to Ashes of Creation. You know, we saw the Unreal Engine 5 video. We saw the weather systems, the basic weapon attacks, and it just... I mean, we were kind of, uh, you know, in after that, and it was pretty cool. We got kind of hyped, and I just wanted to learn more about the game, and so we... You know talked about those things last time and we put a feeler out there just to all of you guys of what we should look at next as you know MMO players who are new to this who don't know much about Ashes of Creation and I would say overwhelming uh, maybe not overwhelming there's a lot of responses because there's a lot to this game but nodes seem to come up quite a lot and I think the reason why just because you know we've done a little bit of research this last week after everyone mentioned nodes and really it seems like nodes are central to everything in the game like nothing happens outside of the node system or the influence of the node system i mean quests pvp i mean everything you know the caravan system members. yes Politics. 100% and so um so yeah we want to thank everyone on youtube for the comments reddit uh, spotify we got the you know the podcast yeah. out as the audio version Um, We had one user I wanted to shout out. His name was Independent Lab 9872. He put a really long in-depth post on our Reddit submission when we posted to Reddit. That initial one got taken down because, uh, I don't know, we made some kind of mistake in posting that one. And so his comment got removed, but it was a super good comment to help get us going in the right direction. So thank you guys, all of you guys, for uh, coming on this journey with us and we're we're super hyped to learn more about Ashes and so as Scott said in our total noobish way we're going to just talk about what we think of the node system cuz it's very unique it's something i don't think any other games are doing so we'll just start with the kind of the big picture thoughts we won't get too deep right now but what were you guys just kind of big-picture initial thoughts of the node system when you saw it. Were you like, yay, this is good, or no, this is too complex or something? I don't know.
2: So overall, like when I see the node uh, system, I like it. I like complexity in video games. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I read in, there's like going to be 103 node locations plus the 15 castles, giving you a total of 118 abilities to explore the nodes and see what you can build on each and every one of them. Um I like the idea, I like the complexity, but it's that balance system and ensuring that it all works properly. That's what kind of worries me a little bit. Um, I have my hopes, however, um, we'll we'll just have to see how it comes about. But overall, I do enjoy it, and uh, I like the economical background of it that we could get into here in a little bit. Um, I I, I have high
1: hopes for it. You're muted, buddy.
3: You're absolutely correct, Scott. <laughs> uh,
1: we we should have just let you keep going. It would have
3: been a good blooper, yeah. Uh, as a big picture, I mean, just like everything else I've seen in the game, it's it's just very dynamic. But if it if it is too dynamic to the point where it doesn't work, then uh, I mean, that's going to be a big issue because the node system is is or everything is is directly related to the node system. So if the node systems don't work, then nothing works.
1: I think for me, I had I had not seen anything like this in a game before. And at least in the games that I've played, something similar, similar to this might be in some of the games Mikey plays, like RTS. I know we kind of compared this to Civilization a little bit. And I think it just adds something unique to the mmo genre that we haven't seen yet and it 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 seems like it's going to impact the game and the gameplay and the overarching just foundation of how this mmo is going to function and i think it's like but with this like it's going to do a lot when when they when it says zone of influence it's legitimately a big zone of influence that we'll talk about here that will actually become pretty large and pretty impactful to the overall game
0: yeah so i guess i'll try to do justice to giving a brief overview so what they said is when you first enter into the world you'll enter through a world gate and as you venture out just right away you're gonna start you know doing activities whether it's like killing mobs or gathering chopping trees any of those things and as you start gaining xp whatever area you're in that xp is going to go towards the node that would be connected to that area and once enough players in that section gain enough xp that node will level up from basically nothing to like an encampment and as an encampment starts then you're going to get like npcs with quests and other things that you can do to keep leveling up that node and nodes can grow and i think they go up to six stages if i remember right so uh mikey won't you tell us a little bit about the node stages i know i have the graphic up right now where everyone can see
2: so basically just a quick um down and dirty of the nodes you could start out with the Node level 0, which is absolutely nothing, you just have a Wilderness or whatnot. Um, It's very game-driven rules, that goes with Node 1 and Node 2, which is the Expedition and then going into the Encampment. The Encampment take up just to probably 8 hours, 8 to 12 hours roughly, that's just kind of a guesstimate there. Um, Once you get to Encampment, um, it opens up some as you level up some of the new quest lines and whatnot. But Village is the one when it really becomes very Mm. player-driven. You can open up the mayor, and you can actually open up buildings, new quest lines, new armors, and just many other additional things. Then, of course, you go into node 4, which is the town, 5, the city, and 6, the metropolis. Um, One fun fact that I learned today, actually, is you can have no more than 5 metropolises throughout the entire map. However, don't be discouraged by that if you're trying to achieve that. Um, you can actually, once you attack a city and we'll get into sieges possibly later, um, you can actually wipe other metropolises out if you ally up with another one and you want your city to, to, to level up, um, do understand that you can actually eventually achieve metropolis or metropolis, excuse me. However, um, only five at a time can be on there.
1: My only question is how long is that going to take?
2: When it comes to villages, it could take up to a few days. Um, Town, city, metropolises, I'd say city is probably about a month time frame, depending on how much you're grinding, though. It depends on how many players you have going into it. Um, However, the expedition and encampment, I'd say the four of us, we could probably knock that out in a day. So teamwork Um, makes the dream work. Exactly.
0: Plus other people could be zoned, especially if you have a guild that's all questing in the same area doing things
3: my question is like how long are these nodes staying up for like you know how mm-hmm.
0: like how how many times are we gonna have to like rebuild so we'll get in this i think a little later but i think what you're alluding to is i believe there is something called node decay where there are quests within inside the node that demand resources from around the node to keep the, the node going and active, and I think they're called tasks. Maybe that's the type of quests. I, I don't know if I'm getting that right. Let me know in the comments. But and then there's also node sieges, which can destroy your node. Like if someone declares a siege on you, um, you have to defend your node basically. And if they if they get meet the win condition, your node is basically goes back to zero. So it, it sounds like the the, the meta is you want to get in and rush to level three, right? You want to get yeah. your village up because once you have a village, then it, you no other adjacent nodes can rise above you inside your zone of influence, right? And yes. so that's like your main goal. I think if you're like a larger guild or if you're um, a group that's trying to accomplish something who wants to run a village or be a mayor or something like that and i would assume that's our would probably be our goal and
1: this is really kind of where the game starts to take off when it comes to the nodes the player housing because now we get into like the citizenships and this is where the combat and the sieges and politics and trade like this is where it kind of starts the game starts you've kind of gotten used to it but now you're at this point and it's like all right we're, we're in it now where do, where do we go and and what's gonna happen
0: yeah i pulled up the the zone of influence kind of diagram here which it, you know our podcast namesake right. so let's let's kind of uh go over that just to know so like we said once level three no one can inside your zone of influence can progress past you it's like an arms race to get to level three basically if there's like adjacent nodes who are level twos whoever gets to level three first basically you kind of the words they use is enslave the other nodes they can never rise above you and so this diagram kind of shows how your zone of influence could cover multiple nodes and you're it's kind of like a parent they call it a vassal system like a parent and child nodes or vassal nodes and so that's the the thing you're shooting for. You always want to be that node to level three first, and then you'll just keep adding XP to increase your your node at that point, um, basically. Yeah. And this is going to be all over the map, going on all the time, which is kind of insane.
1: You mentioned the vassal system. Do you want to address that now?
0: Yeah, we can get into that. Uh, yep. So so it's showing if you're a city, the town is under you. The village is under the town. So the town's a parent and a vassal right and then the expedition is obviously a vassal to the village so it's almost like a hierarchy system of how the xp flows how i think taxes go from one to the other certain resources and so this is why you want to hit that level three first i watched a lot of shout out to jalan with paradox gaming i watched a lot of his videos They were super educational. He's got the 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 slides. The slideshow is on point. Yeah, for sure. And so I know there's more, and I'm gonna try to get into all the content creators, but he was a good one. A lot of people pointed us to just to get started. And so they mentioned that there's five castles, and each castle is represents a region. So five total regions in the game, which is interesting. And castles is another thing. Hopefully, we can get into in another podcast, but that's really a guild feature. So maybe when we get into more of the guild features we can talk about that. But castles are owned by guilds and these castles actually take a tax cut from every single node in their region. So this is if you're a guild like a big guild, that's that's really what you want to go for. Alright, one of the cool things that I don't know interested me the most about nodes is everything is going to be different right based on your server i don't know did anybody think that was a cool kind of a cool feature is that interesting that every server will be different are you interested in i don't know making multiple characters just to see what other servers are like or i don't know is it a deal where you would make a bunch of characters and then you were like oh this is the server i really like i'm just going to stick to this one
1: i don't know i mean that depends how much of a time sink that is yeah, uh, I, I, like I told you before, I'm a traditionalist, uh, early MMO traditionalist. So, once I make that character on that server, that's going to be my server, and
3: yeah, hopefully there's
1: there's still room. Like, let's say we don't get our node up to where we want it. I mean, what what rises for me is that what rise what rises for me <laughs> is a. Uh, yes i don't know let's let's skip this part this is dumb this isn't worth talking about
3: (laughs) yeah it is it's actually a sick part of the game dude like i've always been one to stay on the same server but you know maybe this will make me make like three or make characters on three servers you know and i think it'll help keep the lower populated servers more populated as well so, maybe that maybe you'll have an issue with overpopulation of servers, then who knows?
0: I don't know. I think it is very cool, but I think I'm kind of like Scott and where once we pick a server, I think let's say we miss miss out on our first node. I think we just venture out and we we do it again until we accomplish our goals, kind of a thing, so I think the cool part of every server being different is just. I don't know, track with me, see if this is cool to, to you guys. But when you play, for example, like World of Warcraft, you go look at a guide for something. It's the same for every server. Yep. For every possibility, that guide is the same. So, But on Ashes of Creation, you know, there's going to be content creators who are known specifically for putting out content for their server because they're not going to have exactly. the same experience like hey you want to go to this area and, and get these mobs but that might not be a level three node on the, the other server so it doesn't work or a dungeon might not even be available on another server because a node hasn't been leveled up kind of a thing yeah. and so i do think that is interesting and every server is going to tell its own story in a way yeah i think yeah. That's, uh, sorry scott go ahead
1: okay i'll say this real quick um what I hope happens is that in the world there's a lot of things to be discovered so if we don't get a node if we're not able to grow it and somebody else has like kind of taken over that area and we have to venture out like what if there's really cool <laughs> to find out there what if there's some rare materials what if there's a um, a rare location that's just like, the utopia for somebody trying to start a node if it forces you to organically just get out there and explore and the world has a lot to offer then it's almost a good thing in a way and maybe somebody trying to hold a node is going to miss out because they took that one while the other people who couldn't have now found something even better
3: yeah i was just saying to go along with the the whole uh different nodes on different server to, uh, thing. The one thing about the nodes is it, it, the it, the type of node will be the same throughout every server. So the mm. nodes may not be there, but, but the type of node is the same. If that makes
0: sense. Correct. That is the one constant. Yes, I did get that from some of the videos we watched is that a divine node is going to be a divine node always in that location no matter the server. Or whatever so so does that mean
3: like i can i can look at the map and and be like okay i know that there's um uh or there might be a military node here so i'm gonna go check over here if there's a military node
0: i don't think you'll know that beforehand but maybe once people have the whole map you know figured out i guess at some point you might know that but i guess my my question about that is um we're looking at the node types right now i don't know if you got you know on the screen and so divine economic military and scientific i don't know if you really get the node identity until the metropolis stage does anybody know that or do you have that identity all the way through from like town village all the way up
2: i think it hits at village you do quote me on that I think it hits at yeah. village and then it continues on because that's when you get your mayor and you can actually have that player driven village, right. town, city, and so on.
0: It makes sense. That's true. It does so it say, third level. yeah, for example, if a level four scientific node is destroyed, it will become a level zero scientific node. So it's implying in the wiki that, yes, it's a scientific node from zero to max. But yes, you're, I see what you're saying, Mikey, because I think at level three, right, you can start, a mayor can be elected and start deciding what type of buildings they want in their node. And so I know based on what type of node it is, determines what kind of buildings you can put in a node and certain things that are more interesting. So the thing, though, that we, you got to keep in mind, like if we have aspirations of being in charge of a node or being a mayor somewhere, is that the way mayors are elected is different between every node type so if you want to be the mayor a ruler of an economic node the way you get elected is by contributing resources and essentially bidding with a gold so you better have a lot of dough if you want to be in charge of the economic node which is interesting the divine node they said to be elected mayor you have to have more quests or service type quests done and that person, whoever has contributed the most in that way, will become the mayor or have a better chance of becoming mayor. The scientific node, I think, is the one where it's actually voted on. So it is like a popularity or democratic process of voting. So that's where some real-life politics are going to come into play with guilds who are trying to seize control there. And then the military node, they said there's it's going to be some kind of combat that determines who the mayor is some people alluded to like a battle royale kind of last last man standing is going to be the become the mayor or something like that which is wild i don't know i think that's a cool system though to have have them all have a different way of acquiring the mayor
2: yeah and each one uh some of the things that are read in it gives you kind of like little perks like the military mm-hmm. your re- reduced buff times of corruption uh sorry i'm not really too mm-hmm. read into that the divine isn't even out yet. However, the economic, um, one of its perks as you level it up, you have a shared auction house and then scientific, which I find to be kind of the coolest ones, the air travel within the zone of uh, influence, whatever that means of actually having air travel throughout your, your kingdom. Or
0: I think they were mentioning that, yeah, it'll be like a flight path between the nodes in your zone of influence, kind of. But I think one of the scientific superpowers, like you're saying, another big one is you can link to other scientific metropolises and fast travel, because I, no from location. what I understand, fast travel is not really a thing in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gonna take time to get to anywhere. So that could be a really, really big perk of being a citizen. Which is another thing we haven't talked about: being a citizen of a certain node, you get to if we don't like let's say we don't get our village that we're trying to get we can choose to go be a citizen of a certain metropolis or node if that type of node is important to you and i'm assuming guilds could have people and citizens of all different nodes you know you don't have to take your guild to one node to be a citizen kind of a thing
3: so what is the um so like how do you become a citizen
0: if if you want to join somebody else's node
2: i think you can just request
0: and you get accepted so it says you just have to make a declaration maybe? I, I wasn't sure, so I, I have okay. conflicting stuff because some some places I've heard that you have to own an apartment in the node, which is even more things we haven't even gotten into, like player housing taxes. based on node. Yeah, and so that maybe that's something you guys can help us with in the comments, like what is required for citizenship? Because that is a really cool feature. I don't know, we've kind of went over the basics. To to nodes, there's a lot to it, right? There's, we went over what is a node, the the zones of influence, the node types, the stages, parent vassal system, right? Like, I mean, I'm almost more confused than when we started this thing. But are there any I've been big saying that the whole time? <laughs> it's true, it's true. Are, yeah. Are there any big picture things though that just jump out to you that you're like, this is what I want to dive into next? You know, or this is yeah. what Nodes is going to allow us to do. That is interesting yeah, as casual I'll gamers. Start. Yeah, go ahead. I'll
1: start. The, the thing that I've always wanted in a game, um, and we've talked about this time and time again, I want a game that we can all play, where we can all do something that we like. And I haven't seen an MMO that's really like that since Star Wars Galaxies back mm-hmm. in jeez 2001 i think it first came out my cousin rob who we'll have on the podcast at some point he loves building he loves politics he loves the economics he's not big on combat he that's just not his mm-hmm. thing but he likes being part of that equation whereas somebody like yumi and spot um tom uh that we like the combat we like pvp that's kind of where we want to go in our contribution if it's taking other people's stuff and bringing it back mikey also likes the economics the politics the travel these these caravans that they've mentioned um so put all that together we have ourselves a little community that can contribute in a way that still benefits everyone even doing things that and and sorry not having to do the things that they don't want to do but they mm. can still be a vital part of our community or guild or whatever it is the nodes there they can be a vital part with doing just what they want to do
3: right and i think that's a good point i think by doing that you get you get a lot more traffic to your game you know you get people from from like economics you get people from the game civilization which might Mike- likes to play you know you get the mmo stuff from you know world of warcraft or other mmos i just think i mean there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be interested in this game just because of all of the different
0: stuff that you're able to do yeah one of the things that really i was kind of excited about it's it's really weird i am a a big pvper but as i uh, get older and play these games i actually like questing a lot and i like to just just turn my brain off and go what? do some questing I think it maybe it's because I'm a Star Wars Old Republic player and I don't know the quests in that game are amazing you know it's Bioware so you're kind of choosing your own story as you go of time jumping on mailboxes when I'm not jumping on mailboxes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing the the point I'm trying to make that what stood out is that quests come online when nodes become active and level up so if you are someone who strictly loves to quest and you're that you're so cat like that's your deal you're casual you're like i don't care about anything else i just want to see all the quests you're like super excited when new nodes or villages come online because you're like you know what i'm going across the world to find this place and this is going to be a new place to quest for me you know that type of player doesn't have to worry about caravans or anything else like you're like probably rooting for different nodes to get destroyed so new ones can pop up and new zones of influence can bring new quests, yeah. new dungeon areas, new, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you don't even have to participate. You don't even yeah. need to know what a a node is, you know, or anything. You're just like, oh, new place to quest. I see new exclamation marks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of a thing. I don't know. I it's think that's ever awesome. ever
1: changing. That's what's right. awesome about yeah. it. It's always changing. It's always evolving. And it, it just, it keeps it fresh, really. Hmm.
0: There were also sieges involved, node sieges.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about sieges real quick. That That's that's going to be huge. I think because, that's go ahead, Mike. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, that's the thing that really caught my eyes. I, I'm a huge Total War fan. I love that large scale battles. Um, I'm really curious how they're going to actually do the sieges. Is there going to be somebody in charge? Are you going to have like main fronts? Can you be the general telling everyone if you're the the um, the guild um, leader in the situation? Um, one thing I did check out is you will be given a head, heads up for certain sieges. So I like that aspect. Um, so if you're going to go siege another town At least that guild or that town Gets that two, three day heads up Like there will be a siege going on uh, I'm really curious and really pumped To see what else comes out for this so And Unlike
1: MMOs Most MMOs You can actually steal other people's loot That's mm-hmm. crazy
3: I like that a lot I think that's a really cool aspect of any game When you can just go and take stuff from other players mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of So, pretty much all I play is PvP because I just, I don't know, I get something from making people mad when when I kill them or whatever. So, just going and stealing everybody that they worked hard for. Like, that's what I like to do.
1: Yeah. And unlike Eve, where you can be attacked pretty much always, at least you have a, 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 like Mikey said, a window of when you're going to get attacked so you can kind of prep for it and make sure you're on. And,. If you truly get screwed up in that Siege, your node goes back to zero. Mm -hmm. And also, what I thought was hilarious is that you can Siege and basically go after one person, too, if you want. It's kind of like an F you in particular, you know? (laughs) Like, if there's a guy we don't like that's part of that, but we're cool, like, we can go in there, and it seems as though we can attack just them.
0: Yeah, I think they said...
1: Very strange.
0: They said, yeah, you can... Even if a a siege fails, you can go in and... Like, things can still be destroyed, like player housing. So, like, I think like you're saying, Scott, if you know someone's house is in this node that you don't like for whatever reason, you can't just go in and mess his house up, destroy his house, take some of his stuff, even though you don't destroy the whole siege or whatever, the whole uh, node. But kind of getting into the nuts and bolts, it says... Uh, you have to go on a quest and there's prerequisites before you can initiate a siege so I don't think it's just going to be easy where anyone can just say we're going to siege this node you, it has to have some planning involved so village level 3, 2 days time to get ready for it, town 3 city 4, metropolis 5 and I think there's also a cooldown if the siege fails before you that node can be sieged again and I think for metropolis it's up to like 50 days before someone else can siege you again so when you go in for a siege i think you want to make sure you know we have a possibility of getting this done kind of a thing i don't know about the the node sieges but i've heard on castle sieges mikey kind of to your point earlier that the owners of a castle have a dragon mount there's this is kind of a side tangent but mayors and Guild uh, leaders who have a castle will all have flying mounts. They said there's going to be about ten to twenty flying mounts at a time on a server which has about ten thousand people. So like one in a thousand people will have. Oh, red. So yeah, really. it's, it's actually going to have like combat abilities on your dragon, and you can actually assign dragons, smaller dragons, to your guild officers just for the castle siege. So seems kind of seems kind of op. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm assuming it. it they'll balance it with, uh, you know, maybe it's hard to defend or something like that. But I guess so we should.
1: If you if you get hit during combat, like you got to be careful, you lose it.
0: Mm. Yeah, that would be cool. But I guess the question more would be like, why, why node sieges? Like, what is the point? Like, why would someone want to do that? I think one thing, which I think the main driving force beh- behind seed node seed sieges, is going to be. Hey, we have a, our guild has a level two node close to this level three node, but we can't advance to level three because this node is blocking us. So, you know what? It's time. We're going to go take this out and then we're going to put in the XP to keep growing our power and influence with our siege. So I think that is going to be one of the big ones. And I even think that this is going to be some Game of Thrones stuff because I think oh, you're even going to have allies yeah. coming in that you think are your allies that could either be paid and bought to help, you know, siege your node or. Mm-hmm. Because siege, I think node sieges are between specific nodes. You know what I'm saying? Where castle sieges, I think random people can sign up yeah. to go siege the castle. And so you're going to know there's another node. And another reason they said that you might want to is even if you don't destroy the node i think you can halt their resources to their node and kind of really disrupt disrupt their economics by sieging their node and kind of like you're saying scott destroying some of their major buildings that might you know be important for the economics of that node
3: you actually brought up a point um about you know people coming in and and being mischievous and You know trying they're they're supposed to be helping you and they actually Mm -hmm. want to hurt you so one of the i want to get your guys' thoughts on this because one of the coolest things that i have learned thus far is declaring players as enemy of the state like being able to do that so whenever they are in your zone of influence um apparently there's like a mark or something on a map i don't know exactly how it works but i
1: think
0: that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool system
1: or like a kill on site or something like that,
0: well, I just pulled it up I on uh, this may be what I was talking about on the wiki. It said node governments may declare war on another node and rally citizens to the cause. This mutually flags the citizens of the warring nodes, including their allies as combatants. Okay yeah, that's great. That's cool. I know there's also going to be a guild war system where you can declare war on other guilds. And so no matter where they are in the world or what node they're attached to, and I think what they said too is it's not fully, you know, complete this system, but there's also going to be PvE objectives mixed into that. So it's not just like we kill everyone in their guild. It's like a race almost who can complete these objectives plus, you know, battling as far as PvP goes as well. So... Yeah, that's, that's some very cool we're, we're stuff. We're going
1: to need all of our subs to be <laughs> in our guild.
0: All of our all, the, all, all three power. all three of them to come help all us. Three of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it seems like really if you want to experience this game, I mean, I know I just gave a counterpoint with the questing where you could be a solo player, but yeah. I think if you really want to get stuff done in this game, you got to be a guild, right? You got to have a group. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I want it to get like stuff the done? Guild, the guilds are really going to run, you know, the big nodes, you know, for sure. They're going to run the metropolises the, the or whatever.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I think one of the last things to, to kind of bring up too is the player driven markets and economy because that makes MMOs <laughs> super unique. Um. I, I, again, it reminds me of Star Wars Galaxies, and it, it oftentimes when you're on an MMO and you don't play that much, you kind of just feel like you're like you're in this world, but you're not really part of it. And even if you don't want to do any combat, even if you just want to become purely a crafter, which we know is possible, we just haven't seen very. Sp- like purely specific details on it, you can do that. And now you you can become a huge part of either the Zone of Influence or the Metropolis or whatever just by being a crafter or doing something with, um, there was like schematics we saw, which I thought was awesome for certain types of buildings. So it, uh, my point is, is that overall, it seems like there's going to be something for everyone no matter if it's large scale, small scale, whatever, there is something for everyone. And that is alluring to most MMO players. Like you can get almost everything in one single MMO without having to search for those, those things to fulfill that void in, in like several, several different MMOs.
0: Yeah. And to your point, I think nodes are going to play a huge part in that, right? Especially for crafters. Cause I know they talked about, Mayors of cities can choose, you know, to construct certain type of artisan right. like work benches or things where yeah. you get improved crafting, you know, or improved processing that you can't get out in the world somewhere else. And so, I think if you want to be a crafter, you want to be tied to a node that that mayor is. Big into crafting, right? They're they're putting the workbenches there or you're you're setting your housing, because I think housing is also gonna have some of that, you know, you can put some things in there to help you with crafting. And so
1: which yeah. in turn organically brings either buyers to your node, which mm-hmm. includes which which brings traffic that will net you money, obviously, or it'll bring attackers to take it. And it's Every element seems to lend itself to creating organic situations in the game. It, like, happens on its own, and that is pretty freaking sweet when you think about it, because it hasn't happened for a long time in this genre. We've been ruled by theme parks.
0: Yeah, we glossed over it a little bit about the node sieges, but you're right. I think when a a siege is declared, you can no longer move your resources out of your house or your bank or whatever there. So if someone knows you have something that they want in a node, I mean, they could specifically just declare a war just to come after that stuff. If you have some really super valuable processed goods that can be used in crafting or something like that, I mean, that is gonna be insane. And not only crafting, something else I learned today is if you're a gatherer, or say, for example, you kill uh, like a wolf somewhere, you'll get a wolf pelt. I think they said the way the economy, this kind of ties into the economy too, is gonna work is they don't drop gold, for, for example, they'll drop like a wolf pelt. And you can move that pelt through the caravan system. And if you get it in one biome and you move it five biomes away, the price of that pelt can go up five times. And so that is how you're going you could obviously turn it turn it into the huntsman in your zone you're in for you know a decent amount. But if you're willing to risk moving it through the caravan system and you have like a hundred pelts you want to move and turn in, you know, that the economy is gonna be based on moving goods because like they said, gold doesn't drop goods drop and you pro and you gather goods and moving those to the right places to craft is gonna really run the economy even using ships on the ocean to move goods to certain places you know you
1: see how that all plays into one another it's like now you're looking at a supply and demand issue with the wolf pelt example Mm -hmm. now you're looking at somebody who wants to probably take that as you're traveling in the caravan and now you're looking at those people who are moving it hiring mercenaries to protect you from the people who want to attack you so it's like no matter what you're doing just by something happening as just moving the caravan is inviting another aspect of the game that people are taking part in
3: yeah again the thing that concerns me is the amount of time that people are going to have to invest in this game um In order to to do all that stuff you're talking about having to do research in order to steal uh, some wolf belts at this point i mean there there gets to be a point where things can be too intricate and it's just too much with people's everyday lives you know
1: or it's just can they actually deliver on all that intricacy because that is that's a lot Mm -hmm. and to monitor all that it, it, it concerns me. It sounds really good, and and super innovative and novel. But yeah, can yeah, it be so done? That's that's kind of the question on the back of all of our minds.
3: Yeah, it's that's almost the problem. Is it? You know, it sounds so good. You know, in the past mm. we heard things that sound so good, and they just can't nobody well, can deliver on it. Nobody's been able to.
0: Well, let's get into the concerns, right? Because I think we have some. <laughs> And I'll start out by kind of echoing what you're saying, Spot, is out of us us four, I'm the only one who's been really investing into MMOs still because of the the second job World of Warcraft became. You know, I heard an amazing analogy today. It was like a content creator was saying, you know, it was like to do the fun thing I wanted, it's it was like kind of your real life analogy. I had to do the dishes right a bunch of times in order to just go do the thing and then he was like yeah but in the next next patch they promise you get to do these different types of dishes before you get to go do the fun thing you want to do and he just he just made the analogy of how it was just so much work and so boring to do all those things and so I get what you're saying about this game, that it could be too intricate. You know, the name of our YouTube channel is Bad Cause Dad, right? We only have a certain amount of time to put into games. And so I'm excited that we're all kind of interested. And my approach to Ashes of Creation is going to be one of more of a a journey. I just want us to figure out what is fun to us and just go in the world and do it. And I am not going to worry about being the most powerful person on the server for one, because I just, I won't have the time to do that. But if we can like, you know, level a note up and become a mayor, maybe at one point in time, or I don't know, get a guild freehold, you know what I mean? Out in the, the open world housing that houses our guild. Like these, I think are all doable things in game, even though I do get your concern about, I think someone some people are going to know life this game and, and, you know, they're going to be a sight to behold. But I think games need that. They need the risk and reward and the person, like you mentioned, Scott, in one of our old videos, the person with the raid armor, you know, an Orgrimmar that you see and you're like, whoa, how did they do that? I think my
2: biggest concern is just the balance between casual gamers, how much time you put into it. Um, yeah. Is it going to give those kind of people, like myself? I mean, there's going to be weeks where I'll. I'll be grinding for a week and be be playing quite a bit, but then my job takes me away for a week or two. Like yeah. is that gonna be lost time? I think just right. finding that balance, that's my biggest concern for this game, is mm. is it gonna be how much do you have to play to win? You know what I mean? I, to like, get far? And I then like can I you- do I rely on you three to help me out and fill in the gaps when I'm gone?
0: I was going to say my biggest concern with the node system in particular, just to wrap up the nodes is this is like the whole game. Like if they don't get the nodes, right? This game is like DOA, right? It's it's then what is the point of playing this game? If nodes don't work or my other fear is people figure out how to min max this node system in like a week or something and they already know the most efficient way to do everything and if you don't have a certain size guild then you don't have a chance kind of a thing and so that's a big concern for me
1: there's just got to be a lot of fail safes in place that's that's really all it comes down to they they have to get ahead of that before that actually is the reality i mean you the developers not not players
3: right you know there's a best way to do everything and there there'll be you Mm. know the no no lifers that
0: that you know get world first on world of warcraft every year or whatever or every expansion all right well i'll we'll, we'll wrap it up here i despite those concerns you know this system seems awesome it is truly exciting a world that's ever changing in you know, a genre where we're used to everything being static, right? The cities you go to, the quests you do, everything is predetermined. Usually, you know, even in sandbox games, you can't really get away from a level of, you know, conformity, you know, as far as towns and everything like that. So, man, it's just super exciting. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about this game. You know, I don't, I don't know if we did justice to this topic, but you guys just help fill in the gaps. We're, man, we're learning. We're watching videos every day. I got the wiki like pulled up on my phone 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm close to pulling the trigger on the alpha. So I, I don't even know. You guys let me know if that's a good or bad idea. But like you guys are all alluding to, and I, I want to take a different approach to this MMO. Like I said, I just want us to figure out what our personal goals are as a group. And I think as long as we can find that in the game, because there is so much to do and so much for everyone, that we can get fulfillment out of Ashes of Creation and and have a good social experience, you know, attached to this game, right? Which is really what we're looking for. We want a awesome, fun game where we can hang out and do cool stuff together, you know? That's something we haven't been able to do, like the four of us specifically,
3: haven't been able to do for a while because, mm-hmm. you know three of us want to play one game and one of us won't, specifically talking about Warzone here, like I, well, I just can't play the game. Uh, right. And, and with Overwatch, Tom won't play Overwatch, so <laughs> <laughs> just finding a uh, finding a game that has something Trash game. But I just think it okay. I think this game has a chance to build some really awesome uh, communities and, you know, can make a lot of uh, friends within the node
1: system. There is no denying that there is enormous potential here mm-hmm. and that's what keeps me optimistic
0: guys thanks for joining us like I said again man the the comments from the last couple videos just helping us out with the knowledge about this game and it's, it's just so overwhelming that we're, we're super appreciative hopefully you'll you'll show up in the comments again and, and fill us in on all thing note all the things about nodes uh, we're just super hyped so Thanks, like, and subscribe, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right. So one of the cool things about this whole system, at least to me, is that. Right. I'm
1: sorry. The gift, Mikey just said. Yes. <laughs>
3: yes.
1: <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, keep it recording. I gotta pull this f- chat down. It keeps, it's like in my periphery. I'm glad I can't see all right. it. <laughs> all right. Damn, uh,
0: it, We're gonna be it's here like till midnight.
1: Into my freaking frontal lobe. Uh. You watch it. You
2: just hear. Ooey, ooey, ooey.